1: Now, two guys and a mic on TalkZone.com.
2: Chicago fans are still clapping, still cheering for that big win last night against San Jose. Four to two of the Blackhawks knock off the Shark of San Jose at a big NHL victory. Seven straight on the road. The good times just keep on kicking for our Blackhawk hockey team. Welcome, everybody. To TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic back, and you like a bad dream. We pop up one hour a day. It's 10 to 11 Central Time each and every weekday here on the TalkZone.com. Lots to talk about beyond hockey to the Boston Celtic. Hot streak continues. We got uh, a great day of baseball yesterday. A lot of dramatic finishes and uh, big wins. A couple of winning streaks continue on, so we'll do our little MLB recap as well. The uh, coach of the Big Dog with you up until 11 o'clock. I am the coach, and let's figure out who and or what is the Big Dog. He's joining us from his semi-palatial estates in Aurora. It is Joel Radwanski, better known to his female fans as the Big Dog. Big Dog, how are you?
1: Uh, Doing absolutely spectacular, Coach. Absolutely gorgeous day. And what a day to to watch. You know, I'm I'm a late-night guy. You know, whenever I can watch the sporting event that I want to watch starting at 9 o'clock at night, I'm usually giddy. And last night, totally worry-free going into that game, no matter what, the Hawks had a split. And then, bang, it's up one nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing. Talk about an ease of a game to watch. It was about as perfect for a Blackhawk fan as you could want, Coach.
2: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I've coached teams before, not often, but it's such a great experience when you're coaching. And a little bit less so as a fan, when you watch your team. All of a sudden, uh, you know, you've been working with them all season long. Maybe it's a two or three-year project with many of these players, and they finally hit the point, Joe, where everybody is in sync, where almost everybody is playing at a top level. You're playing almost as good as you can. It is such a great feeling as a coach to watch that, as a fan to see. It. And that's what the Blackhawks are right now. They are playing collectively at a high level, all cylinders clicking. It's a it's, it's a beautiful thing to see.
1: Yeah, and you know, the the Hawks are one of the few. No, they're the only team. In the NHL, that has legitimately four really, really good lines. You know, it isn't just you know the Tays and Kane line that gets it done. And it, yesterday, it was the the Hawks' fourth line outplaying the San Jose San Jose Sharks' first line. So you talk about everything hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, you know, without a doubt, hockey is all about who can play best in April, May, and, and early June. And you know, the Hawks have been kind of up and down all season, but during this playoffs, even when they have looked bad it's because they were playing good teams. You know, they have played absolutely phenomenal the last 3 weeks though.
2: Yeah, they really have 4 to 2 victory last night. They uh, and I watched almost the entire game Big Dog. I think I can safely say they dominated from start to finish. Maybe dominates is a strong word, but uh, strongly controlled the action. They were much Quicker it was if the Blackhawks were playing at one particular speed, San Jose playing at a different particular speed. And it's certainly not one star. Uh, Joel, the beauty of the Hawk right now is the depth. And as you alluded to, they're getting contributions from everybody across the board, including guys in the fourth line.
1: Yes. it's it's You know, you talk about how everything that they needed to do, they did yesterday. And what I love, remember I said this two days ago, after game one, you know, the Hawks were a little disappointed. Now, the, the fact that their goalie absolutely saved them in game one was the reason why they had won. Yep. You know, and, and they skated off the ice. They weren't complaining they didn't get any penalties called for them. Uh, and they said, you know what, we have to play better. Maybe we'll, we need to force penalties. We need to skate a lot better in this. We got lucky we had such a great goalie. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In game two, they ended up playing exactly that way. It, 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 they were just getting it done coach and, and that's what it's all about no excuses about not getting penalties and also realization that even though they won they could play better and guess what they did they did all of that
2: sign of a great team uh, or a young and improving team anyways don't get satisfied with your uh, victories but continue to stay hungry the hawks did that last night again it's the big dog and a coach we're we'll talking lots of sports today we'll jump off the sports page right now hockey first and foremost any hockey fans out there you want to Check in. We'd always love to hear from you via the phone lines. We have 12 lines open at your perusal. Uh, 888-463-6748. Make that 11 lines, Joel, because our female intern, No Squeeze of Louisa, apparently mm-hmm. has one of the lines. I think she's talking to her boyfriend or something. So to be correct, we should say 11 lines open and soon to be 12 as soon as we can get Louisa off the phone. I
1: gotta uh, tell you, No Squeeze of Louisa's boyfriend has gotta be one frustrated man. Oh, well, quite the contrary.
2: I'm going to take a guess that, uh, you know, around here, we call her No Squeeze of Louisa. I, you know, I haven't seen her in her personal life. I'm going to take a wild guess that, uh, boyfriend's quite happy. <laughs> just a wild guess. I don't know. Assistant producer uh, Randy Myers walked in with a smile on his face today, too. So who knows?
1: Uh, <laughs> he's probably just a diehard Hawks fan, coach.
2: Speaking of bestiality, I mean, speaking of uh, physicality. The Blackhawks game last night, the San Jose game, really, let's call it the Blackhawks game because that's exactly what it was. The Blackhawks game. The physicality of the game, Joel, was, uh, it was an entertaining game from all standpoint, but boy, some hard hitting from start to finish. I think San Jose came out with a strategy to a uh, hit and see if the Hawks could be intimidated. Not only did the Hawks not get intimidated, they hit right back. I love the checking. I love the physicality of the game. I got so excited walking up after the second period, uh, upstairs to kiss the kids good night. I actually uh-huh. checked my wife into the banister on the staircase.
1: Uh, I'm surprised she didn't get you first, to be quite honest with you. Normally, she's a one skate ahead of you, Coach.
2: No, she didn't, but she did retaliate. It was uh, very good, but it was, it was fun to watch. Some hard checks, wasn't it, for both teams?
1: Well, was it a, a back check or a forecheck, Coach?
2: Uh, Forecheck.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
2: But, but would you agree with me, or uh, the, oh, the physicality it, it, of the game added to the uh, entertainment? It was a great game, but that was a big part of it.
1: Now, now I, You know when I actually when I reawoke and started loving hockey again the day uh, the, the day Bill Works died. You know all of a sudden I had to start watching hockey again, and my my vision of what a physical game isn't exactly like what it was back in 1987 mm-hmm. when I was watching every single Blackhawk game. Excuse me, every single Black Hawk game that wasn't played in the United Center or excuse <laughs> me the the Chicago Stadium. But for 2010, you're exactly right. It was a very very physical game, Coach, and uh. The, Burish just drilling Joe Thornton early in the game, really setting the tone. I thought, uh, smashing him up against the boards, and it seemed like after that, Thornton was taken out of his game. I'm not kidding you, coach. So let the Sharks try to play physical. The since the Hawks are faster than them, they'll be the ones that are getting hit in the long run.
2: Mm-hmm. And great uh, passing also by the Blackhawks, and that seems to be it again. I did not follow him all that much during the regular season lack of time not lack of interest but from what I've noticed with the Blackhawks as you can tell when they're on their game is when they're clicking on their passing it's as simple as that
1: no no you're absolutely hundred percent right and that was the first thing that Quinville wanted to bring to the to the Chicago Blackhawks you know he was all about defense and passing well Savard was all about defense too so he really didn't have to add that type of uh, stuff to the, to the Chicago Blackhawks but The passing was one thing he wanted really crisp, hard passes, you know, nothing soft. Get it, you know, those are professional hockey players that you're passing the puck to, so they should be able to handle a very hot puck, Mm -hmm. is what what was his philosophy. And it was funny, Coach, because all year long they were really good at passing. Then when they came back after the Olympics, you know, there was like a three week period where I I think we talked about it. I know I've talked about it with my friends because we're always like 10 deep in my house watching these games. Their passing was horrible, and I guess, you know, they took that three weeks off, and it really hurt them because, you know, passing in hockey is something that you really have to work on and and be in tune with with your teammates. Well, you know what? They were able to play for another six weeks after the the Olympics before the playoffs started, and luckily they, they were because you're exactly right, Coach. Oh, my goodness, how many... Uh the like I know Sharp didn't score on it, but the pass to sharp right up the middle where he ended up getting a backhand on the back off on yep. a breakaway
0: mm-hmm. you know what
1: that, that pass was absolutely ridiculous the 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 cameraman couldn't even keep up with the puck yeah. You, yeah. you know what I'm talking about early in the second period
2: uh-huh yeah, I do remember um,
1: that that well, you talking about the first goal no no, no, not the was well, the first goal' was uh, patrick sharp pass okay a beautiful pass uh getting it to Ladd. but I was talking about oh, like, this right. uh, it was a one nothing game. And Sharp broke, and I mean, legitimately, you know, typically, you know, you, you play conservative, and you, you work it. Up. Well, it was just it was a two line pass, which is legal all of a sudden in the NHL the last couple of years, and and Sharp just broke down the middle and had a breakaway. I mean, you just don't see passes like that in the NHL nowadays, and uh, actually. Sharp was taken down from behind. I thought she had a penalty shot, but I'm not going to complain because they won 4-2, and it doesn't really matter. They go back to the United Center totally control the series.
2: 888-463-6748. The phone number, folks, you want to check in. 11 lines open. Actually, 12. No squeeze of Louisa has hung up with her boyfriend now, so 12 lines open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. Your thoughts on the NHL playoffs. We're going to get to the NBA and baseball in just a little bit. Uh, Big dog and a coach at your service. Which Blackhawk a trivia question for you, Big Dog? Which Blackhawk pass makes the most dangerous passes? He does so because of great confidence and great skill level. He almost enjoys making the really dangerous pass, but he does it tremendously effectively.
1: Um, I, I would just—it seems like all of them seem to make like really crisp, good passes. I mean, Jonathan Taves right now is just making phenomenal passes all over. Uh, all over the ice. Yeah, but
2: his his are functional.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying.
2: This guy lives dangerously. He's on the, he's on the backside of the Chicago Blackhawk defense. You watch him play, and he is not afraid as 95 percent of the other defensemen are to make some of those like through the goal passes or even backwards passes when defenders are there. Talking about number two potential NHL defensive player of the year, Duncan MacArthur Keith.
1: Yeah, you know what that that is a uh, that is a good call by it because you know when you watch. Blackhawk games this year. I can't tell you how many times, like because I love Duncan Keith, coach, and he's yes. been my favorite Hawk player for years. I just started watching this
2: year. He's my he is my favorite player. I, you know, I wanted to kick the TV in on because he's made some really
1: really bad mistakes this year. And I swear to you, every time he's done something really stupid or just something where you just shook your head, and like what the heck was he thinking? He'll end up having the best game that he had in weeks. Immediately like right he like totally makes up for whatever mistake that he mm-hmm. makes. So let him keep on making dangerous plays, coach, because they they typically work. And if they don't, he's about to just do stuff that you just that just most defensemen can't do. Mm-hmm. The guy is on the ice more than anybody else in the NHL and you know, maybe his stats aren't as good as the guys that he's going up, uh, like uh, Zidane Charo, and a couple other guys that he's going up against for the Norris Trophy winner. And I know he cares less about that. He wants to hoist the cup. But all around, he's the best defenseman in the game right now.
2: Yeah, he's got a little bit of um, kind of almost like a poor man's Bobby Orr when he makes the rush up the ice. And when I say poor man's Bobby Orr, if you know Bobby Orr, if you remember him, that's actually a compliment. But he's got that, you know, he that rush up ice. He's got that creativity. I don't know. He's almost like an NBA point guard, a little bit of Jason Kidd when he's got the puck. But he's fun to watch. Number two, and he's Duncan got a Kidd. heck
1: of a slap shot, coach. I mean, yeah. it's he puts some heat on that. There's some hot sauce on his slap
2: mm-hmm. shot. Well, we thought he had a goal on the slap shot yesterday, but right, I mean, I'm getting confused on the goal. But wasn't it tipped in on the replay they showed? It was that the big buff tipping? Yeah,
1: that was uh, that. Uh, Buff had a deflection and also Taves had a deflection too, uh, for a score. But so uh Duncan Keith gets an assist on that and who he doesn't care, you know, whether he got the goal, the assist, or whatever. He's just happy that is another goal for the Hawks at that particular
2: time. By the way, uh emailer Cinemax Cindy and female winter, no squeeze of Louisa, both inquiring uh via the email here. They want to know if the offer you had last series holds true. And for those listeners, uh that are not tuning in regularly. We highly advise you to spend an hour a day with the uh, coach and the big dog, educational, if not entertaining. But uh, you said that if Dustin Bufflin, Big Buff, were to get a hat trick in the last series, you would come in and do the show in the Buff live via webcast. Is that Cinemax? Cindy wants to know if that um, promise holds true for this series as well.
1: No. At that particular time, (laughs) it was if he did it one particular game, the game after the hat trick. Yes. Well, I will say – if uh, in the clinching game, if it happens in the <laughs> clinching game of the Western Conference Finals, I okay. will do the show in the Big buff okay. big buff.
2: <laughs> so you're going to hedge your bet a little bit, but uh, you know, Cinemax. Cindy's looking for any, any edge she can get.
1: Well, I mean, it, and 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 speaking of uh, like when <laughs> they a, clinch, uh, everybody, oh, they're going to sweep them now. They're going to sweep them. What? Just hold up. I don't know if anybody notices. Yes, I, I do agree, and I spoke before the series, and, and I said it <laughs> emphatically. I do think that the Blackhawks are better than the San Jose Sharks. Yep. That's a good team, okay? That's a really, really good team. Don't expect to come back to the UC and sweep two games, and all of a sudden they're resting and waiting on the Flyers, or even possibly Montreal, because you never know. That that goes back to the Bell Center. That, uh, the Canadians are down 0-2, but at least they have home ice now. Don't just expect that the Hawks are going to walk over the Sharks. The Sharks are going to come out in in a feeding Mm -hmm. frenzy, if if you know what I mean. It's going to be a a tough game. And let's face the coach. And Quinville, he said it. He's like, I don't know if they come in more relaxed or expecting to win, but we haven't played well on home ice. They need to prove that they can play great on home ice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not expecting that they – I'm almost expecting a split and they have to go back out the, yeah. to San yeah. Jose.
2: My guess would be uh you would be correct. there will be a Game 5 in San Jose. And by the way, San Jose, you wouldn't think Northern California, a great hockey town, but uh and it's been hard to tell a little bit because the Hawks have dominated. But those San Jose fans, the little bit when things are going good for the uh, San Jose Sharks, that is a rabid, knowledgeable, enthusiastic, into it hockey fan base. I like the San Jose fans. They seem... um Very much into their uh, ball club, Uh,
1: Joel. Well, they they definitely support. They have supported that hockey team since they they began in 1992, Coach. I mean, they really have. They there's a lot of money up in that area, and it's pretty far away from San Francisco and Oakland. It's far away enough, you know that um, you know that's like really the only team. So if you like to live in San Jose, it's it's a big enough town that they can sell the place out, and it's it's and they're just happy that they have their own. Uh, their own professional uh, franchise. So they really do a good job of supporting the
2: team. I heard the uh, San, Diego, not San Diego, San Jose Hockey announcer interviewed on another station. Uh, we tried to get him on our station, but his first comment was, what the hell is the talkzone.com? So we had to we had to familiarize himself a little bit. But he said, uh, A, that San Jose is the 10th largest city in the United States. I was somewhat shocked to hear that. And, B, he said that the number one fan base of the San Francisco 49ers – and the San Francisco Giants, research will show you the number one fan base for those teams are, in fact, from San Jose.
1: See, that, that goes to show you. So, like, it's it's a legitimate area, yes. that, you know, to have a hockey team. Mm-hmm. My my cousin lives in San Francisco, and he has uh, season tickets for the San Jose Sharks. Now, he's one of those dot-com guys making all kinds of money. He's doing very, very well for himself. And he's had season tickets for three years now. okay. And three years ago, you know, he's this is uh, you know, like so two years ago technically, uh, when when the Blackhawks finally made their resurgence. You know, the, he's you know, he's going to all these games and he's getting along with everybody around him, every, it's all good. And all of a sudden the Blackhawk comes to town and he wears a blackhawk shirt, he just gave it and everybody lost their minds. They're like, What are you talking about? He's like, I'm a diehard hockey fan. I, I just wanted to see his tickets to the sharks. I'm a, I'm a Blackhawk fan. So, you know, he goes to all the games this year, and he goes goes all of them again, and he goes to two games a year where he has to wear a Blackhawk jersey. Mm-hmm. So um, right now I've, I've been communicating with him, and he's like, they hate me. He's like, they used to buy me beer. Everybody used to talk <laughs> to me. He's like, I mean, seriously, they won't even look at him anymore. <laughs> so, he's like, legitimately, these some of these people became his friends, and now, like, they don't return his tax yeah. They act like he's not even alive. I'm
2: just proud of him for sticking to his allegiance.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy when, you know – you grow up a chicago blackhawk you grew up any type of chicago fan coach
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if your team gets good it's pretty easy to to wear the colors anywhere it, yeah. it, it truly is you know and if you you know you' are a blackhawk fan because he had season tickets when he lived in Chicago before he got the uh, a job out there one of those dot com mm-hmm and he would go to the games when there was you know 2500 people going to the united center oh
0: yeah
1: so he he's one of those thick and thin guys that you know he he deserves to be able to wear his blackhawks jersey win and wherever he's not one of those Johnny come latelys which i admit i am but that was all because of dollar 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 bill works y'all
0: so <laughs> oh
2: goodness 8884636748 by the way not to rain on our uh, Hockey parade here, but you do allude to before we can bring home and hoist the Stanley Cup. And I look forward to doing that to you with you, uh, in the studio, uh, Joel. And God forbid if we do win the Stanley Cup and Buff scores three goals, we'll be hoisting the uh, Stanley Cup in this studio, big dog. Uh, me wearing clothes and you not. It could be an interesting webcast, well, but that's for yeah, another I just, day.
1: I just want to reiterate that. <laughs> yes. I, I will do it also if they clinch the Western Conference finals and get to this. So it isn't just hoisting right. the cup day.
2: Okay. okay.
1: Now, do right. you want me to actually wear the Stanley
2: Cup? Well, I was going to say, if, if it turns out to that, we might not only be hoisting the cup, you might be wearing the cup. <laughs> but the point I was trying to make before we start celebrating, there's another ball club on the horizon. They're known as the Philadelphia Flyers, a big dog. They are becoming quite a sports story. Whether you're a Flyers fan or not, even if you're not a hockey fan, they are becoming quite an underdog story. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the same Philadelphia Flyer team that about five weeks ago, we were sitting and watching the final day of the regular season. And their, their game finished, I forget if they won the game, lost, or tied. The Rangers. But the, they had yeah. to go to a shootout in yeah, the final absolutely. game. A shootout, one-on-one on the goalie. Winning team was going to go to the Stanley Cup. Losing team was not. Do I got the correct team, the Philadelphia Flyer?
1: No, you, you got it absolutely 100% right. It was one of those weird things where Montreal automatically had the eighth seed. Okay. And the New York Rangers and the Philadelphia Flyers were battling for the 7th season. and the loser was going to be 9, and the winner was going to be 7, oh, and Montreal so this... was locked in at 8. That, that's what it came down to. Philadelphia would not even have made the playoffs if it wasn't for that uh, overtime. Shootout so win.
2: this it, even adds was... to the intrigue. It was against the Montreal team that they now lead 2 to nothing,
1: Right? No, no, no! It was against the New York Rangers. Oh, I thought I I thought you had said Montreal. Okay. Yeah, it was a winner-take-all game, and for some reason, just the way the the the, the, it worked out, Montreal was going to get the eighth seed no matter what, and the winner of that game gets the seventh seed, and the loser was going to be the nine. And nine means there's no trophy for the ninth place in the. So they were they were that
2: close to elimination, and I even forget who they won in their first series. We've already talked about in the second series how they're down. 3-0 3-0 to Boston came back and won four straight. In game seven, they were down 3-0. And now they're absolutely crushing a red-hot Montreal Canadian team. Six to nothing in game one. What was last night? Three to nothing. Their goalie, Michael Layton, just to add to the soap opera that is, uh, had been injured, right? Yeah. For a couple of months, he had been replaced. And I forget the other kid's name. But they were slumping a little bit in the playoffs. They put Leighton in, or I don't know if it was an injury, and all of a sudden he gets hot. Now he's carrying the team. So a guy that hadn't played in two months is leading his team in goal, and Philadelphia's Red Hot. So before we start hosting the cup with clothes or without Big Dog, the Flyers are rolling.
1: Yeah, the Flyers are definitely rolling, and it looks like, you know, they will be the the Eastern Conference rep in the finals. But but I want to reiterate this. Don't forget Montreal's story, okay? I mean Montreal has gone on and uh, they they beat the number 1 overall seed in the east the Washington Capitals and then they also beat uh, the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins in the last in the last series and this is the Montreal Canadian coach which means that you know they are the most storied team in the history of hockey and they've come down they've come back down 0-2 before as the Chicago Blackhawks in the finals you know that's this is they're one of those teams like the Yankees where it seems like you know, like with most, like you know, we used to have the Duke on the old show. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, this team is ten and two against the spread versus blah blah." For most teams, that stuff doesn't matter, but for teams like the Yankees and the Canadians, like for some reason, that history always like seems to inspire the team. The, the Canadians are not out of this series, so before we just hand the, the Eastern Conference Championship to the Philadelphia Flyers, which they have thoroughly outplayed the Canadians so far. I, I still think there's a series to be played in that. I mm-hmm. still, I really do. All right.
2: So, six. Uh, I think they've won six consecutive games. They've scored 13 straight goals since being behind to Boston, three nothing. Four straight against Boston, six nothing in game one, three nothing in game two. So that's pretty impressive for a playoff run. All
1: okay, right. So, um, so, there's the, the the Flyers became the first team ever in one particular playoff uh, series mm-hmm. or playoff uh, playoff to lose three straight and then come back and win six straight because it's almost impossible to lose three straight in the playoffs and remain in the playoffs, because it just doesn't happen. And check this one out, this one to the Chicago Blackhawks. Before the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks tied a record, seven consecutive road playoff victories. It ties an NHL record, Coach. The previous four teams that have done it, three of them won the Cup, and the other one was the 99 uh, Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. So that's good, Mm -hmm. Coach. It's very, very, very good. Good sign. Six, for the boys at the UC.
2: six more games to go, my friend. Start working on your uh, weights. Make sure you are able to lift the cup. How many times do you think you could hoist the cup? Uh, 120 reps, 130, an empty Stanley Cup.
1: How no, many reps I'm could big... Over the head or laying down? And, no, and no, it? come
2: on, the Stanley Cup. It's got to be standing position over the head, please.
1: Well, the... Shocked
2: that you even had to ask that.
1: Okay, now the, the Stanley Cup right now weighs 35.6 pounds. Okay. You're,
2: without anything oh. in it.
1: Without, well, yeah, without anything in it. All
2: right, that's, but that's... You have to kind
1: of balance it. Am I going to be able to lift it, like, yeah. on the side, or do I have to go, like, straight up and down? Cause that no, pretty much you, much,
2: you got to go uh, cup style. We're going straight up and down, so I'm not a physical fitness guy. Let me see if I can guess right. Uh, the trapezius muscle, is that going to come into play?
1: Oh, that would it would be, if you did it, if you did it properly, yes. it would be almost all deltoid muscle. Deltoid. A little bit of trap in there. A little bit of trap and okay. a little bit of tricep, but mostly deltoids. All right. Deltoid coach. All right.
2: How, uh, I don't want to get too personal here on the radio, but um, how are your deltoids?
1: Uh, coach, uh, you know what? I'm glad you let me pat myself on the back. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're, I might have some of the best deltoids really? on the planet. I'm not kidding. Okay. Uh, have you, have you, you've, you've seen my shoulders, Coach.
2: Yeah, but you have odd triceps. So the, the nice deltoids combined with the thinner triceps, it's sort of an odd look.
1: Well, Coach, I'm going to end up being Mr. Illinois. I promise you that.
2: <laughs> Dave, you don't know, but uh, uh, Joel's calf muscles—his calves have been featured, like in a couple of muscle and fitness magazines.
1: This is true. Right? This is true. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and I've had actually, I've actually had judges of yeah. like these competitions. Yes. And they were like, you know, you really need to get into one of these comp- the natural competitions because mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near big enough, and that really chaps my ass coach. Yeah. Uh, like I've had people say, you know, you could actually win one of these competitions if you ever do a sit up, if you get rid of your hernia. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I, you know, I believe it. I think I could. but It'd have to be natural. The sad thing is, is if you win the Mr. Illinois competition, <laughs> coach, mm-hmm. you know, that means you're allowed to take steroids. They don't drug test that's not in good. order for you to win. But there's also Mr. Illinois natural. Ah. You know, isn't that a joke? Shouldn't Mr. Illinois be the one that they drug test for? Yes. And then they should have Mr. Illinois unnatural. Interesting. Well, why should the guy that's called Mr. Illinois be allowed to take steroids and the guy who's Mr. Illinois naturally, the, the, the mm-hmm. quote-unquote, oh, this is the odd one. These are the ones that did it the right way mm-hmm. without cheating.
0: You know, you've
2: got to bring that up next Tuesday. I think we are post by the uh, beauty pageant show or pre seated whatever the hell it is. They come on after us on Tuesdays, right? So maybe, Big Dough, you can stick around and talk to the beauty pageant lady, and I'm sure she has some expertise also in the – uh men's fitness contest the mr illinois of the world it might be a scintillating discussion
1: you know believe this or not and i'm not making this stuff up just to be funny and i will do that on occasion coach mm-hmm. uh women a lot of these beauty pads some women will take a little bit of testosterone to increase the size of their shoulders so they have more like shoulder to waist to hip ratio mm-hmm. that there's no joke and a lot of like 14 year old girls do it too so they become more voluptuous that's, that's it's, I don't know. It blows my mind. It blows my freaking mind that a woman would want to put testosterone in her. Mm-hmm. And, and well, never mind. I'll, I'll leave that one alone because I could go another way with All it. Right. But. So
2: there's a possibility your entire body at some point could be seen in a magazine. Right now, though, only your calves have been featured. And I think twice. Did you get paid for having your uh, calves shown in the uh, fitness magazine, Coach? Not
1: yeah, yes, I have. What is the, what I, I is I the price these that. days for a calf? That was that was over two years ago. Okay. Uh, I'm also like. Uh, the cab stand, I'm their, I'm their fitness model. You know, what the crazy thing is, Is the like, what? people are always going up to me. They're like, dude, what did you do for your calves? They're incredible. I, I don't do anything. Oh, yeah, right. No, seriously, what's your workout? No, I, I don't do anything for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that really pisses people off. Oh,
2: on. goodness. Can we uh, dispel the rumors? No truth to the rumors between you and the uh, brandly named Miss Michigan, winner of the USA contest. Nothing going on there. That is rumor only, correct? No,
1: nah, no, nah, Coach. It's... You know what, when I saw that tattoo, like, right on her hip that said Rich Rod, I didn't want to have anything to do with it.
2: (laughs) That that can turn you off a little bit, huh? Yeah,
1: it can, seriously. (laughs) You know what, and then she's like, are you good with the spread offense? I'm like, no, no. So, yeah, you can keep Miss Michigan. All
2: right, we're going to take a quick break. Off the hockey beat when we come back, another red-hot team, and they bounce the ball. They're called the Boston Celtics. Talk a little baseball to the Cubs. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. We can finally talk a little positive. With your favorite team,
1: Big Doug, are you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk positive about the Chicago Cubs. It's about time, Coach.
2: God bless you. We'll take a quick break, and we'll talk positively about the Cubs and other things when we come back. 888-463-6748 if you want to talk positively or um, eh, negatively. We'll take you, too.
1: Lines are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com.
2: Oh, welcome back, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. David Joel almost got in trouble uh, when he uh, brought home a hot mama and was very cheerful. But the other day he had gone to the doctor, and the doctor actually had told him, you got a heart murmur and be careful. Really? you got to be careful when you misinterpret what the doctor says.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Welcome back. We said we'd talk a little uh, baseball, a little basketball. Real quick, though, Big dog. if we could jump off the sports page. I was talking to our media relations expert, David Olson, and um, big article in the business section today. Google apparently going to be heading into the TV world. They've signed a big deal. It's going to be called Smart TV. We all knew it was coming, but apparently – It's coming sooner than later. Uh, And, again, we don't know the details of it. Google did not divulge the details. But in the bottom line, in the next year or two, Big Dog, you'll be able to watch YouTube videos, Netflix movies, and the rest of it all on your local television. Good thing? Bad thing? Or somewhere in the vast in between?
1: As as long as I can see it on a computer, like a a laptop, which I'm sure you'll be able to. I'll be happy about it. Yes. You You get all upset when there's anything new that comes out, Coach. I gotta be honest with you. I don't have any time in order to watch any television. So if you know, I would love to be able to be able to be on the train and watch a television show. That like, I, legitimately, I watched one. Tele, I've watched one television series in the last three years. It's The Tudor uh-huh. and Dexter. So that's two. That's Dexter, and all that has always been on demand, like stuff that I watched later well, because I had the, the chance to see it. Otherwise, because I, I, I do the show and I'm always trying to you know, find a job and I, I have to take a train.
2: But, but I, like think, I, I, think, you, I think you're misinterpreting the, the angle. That it's, it's not so no, much it, it, more. You
1: ask me, is it good? Yes, it's, you, so well, you can do anything. Right? But it's,
2: it's not so much the TV coming to the computer, which, of course, okay. through Hulu.com. I think what it's, Google's talking about, it's more the computer, the stuff that we do on the laptop now on the computer. You're going to be doing sitting in your lazy boy watching TV. You'll be able to watch YouTube videos on your television.
1: How how was that news? We I, we have that anyways. Our computer's hooked, television is hooked up to the computer, so we just that uh, we do that anyways.
2: So you can watch YouTube videos on your on your big screen TV.
1: Absolutely, that's we do it all the time. It's well, I think I've told you this. We will have we'll come over to the house, okay, and we always have the laptop out. We're watching a game. The laptop will be out, and as we talk smack, and everyone's like, "Remember when this happened?" No, oh, that never happened. We got to YouTube it to prove it to everybody. Well, sometimes if we're not watching TV, we'll just have the computer because the computer is hooked up to the television. We'll do the same exact thing. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. I, that I'm, we've already we're already doing that. But I guess Google is right. probably going to try to make it extremely accessible. Is, is, is that what they're trying to do? So, well,
2: I I was not even aware that technology uh, was present. So obviously I'm behind the times here, but. Uh, Maybe you and Mahmoud and the rest of your United Nations friends at the apartment, you guys might be one step ahead of
1: Google. Who knows? Yeah, the other day Mahmoud was trying to tell us that there was a cricket game that lasted 34 days. And we're like, <laughs> oh, we don't believe it. So he put it on, and it's still, it's still on the television right now. He he wasn't lying because it's on like day 17 right now.
2: You know what? All kidding aside, I'm starting to get into cricket. I'm starting to get into cricket. I, my, uh, my kid is umpiring in games now. And at one of the parks he umpires in, they have... A big cricket game going on in the outfield. So mm-hmm. a couple of times, in particular, this last time, I actually stopped and watched. It's a fascinating game. It's actually not bad. The pitcher, what do you got? You got to keep your arm like completely straight, right?
1: I, I don't know. I, you I go in like a windmill, that,
2: yeah. windmill motion. Yeah. You bounce it in. You have outfielders for both teams on both sides. So like the batters switch off from one side to the other. I still haven't figured out the running part, but um oh, very. That, very popular with the Indian population
1: that that's um the you, you basically what you have to do when you hit the ball yep you run to the other wickets and you just run back and forth okay and see how many runs that you can get back mm-hmm. and forth to the before, the ball, is, before the ball is
2: before the balls returned to the pitcher
1: um I think until they hit you with the ball isn't that what it is oh really I'm not exactly sure what that. We're going to have to ask Dave Olson. He's the consummate right. expert.
2: If we have any uh, cricket fans out there, and I'm telling you, in the surrounding neighborhoods from where I live, there is, uh, cricket is becoming more and more popular. we have any cricket fans out there, 888-463-6748. The phone number, there's one field out of Deep Park in Des um, uh, Big Dog, which used to be a mecca. A mecca for softball back in the heyday. 16 inch, 12 inch softball. Twelve teams on Monday night, twenty teams on Tuesday night, Wednesday night league, Thursday night league, Saturday afternoon leagues. I mean, there were leagues day and night going on at this particular park. I happened to talk to one of the commissioners recently in that neighborhood. No leagues, completely disbanded softball. Couldn't get enough teams. All they're doing is playing cricket out there.
1: That's a freaking joke. A crickin' joke? Oh man, that's I, I, no. That that makes me upset. Yeah, you know, and I've been trying to get on a sixteen-inch team. And you know, it seems like I can't find any. I, I'm out in yeah. Aurora, so everybody wants. He was 12 into in a glove. No, no, let's be let's be men, okay? And actually play with a 16-inch a mush <laughs> ball? No, it's not a mushball, buddy. You know, it's what, these guys are idiots out here because anybody who grew up in Aurora, <laughs> yes. you, know, you just say 16-inch softball to them, they, they think you're speaking a different language. Yes, well, we so. need,
2: we do need to explain to the webmaster fans out there what 16 inches, but let me just say where you're living. I don't know if it still is, but it used to be absolutely the capital. The mecca of fast pitch 12 inch in the United States, Aurora, Illinois.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. So I probably should have added that to it because it it just, but, you know, I mean, I don't feel like, I, I don't want to have a 200 batting average coach and have somebody say, man, you're leading the league in hitting. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, that doesn't I'm sound like fun to me.
2: Completely with you. Could be the most overrated, boring sport. That's why I don't like fast pitch, girls softball either. Completely well, that- dominated by the pitcher. If you're going to do that, play baseball. The whole idea of softball is that you get to hit and run, and there's action, and there's plays, and the outfielders get to play the game. No, fast-pitch softball is basically watching the pitcher and catcher throw the ball back and forth.
1: Since they moved the mound back, I wouldn't say the mound, the bump or whatever the heck you want to call it, like the rubber. How about that? Because they're not on a mound for women's softball. Since they moved it back, Coach, if you see, if you watch the College World Series, and I've been watching like some of the, like the championship finals for women's, whatever, you know when I go to bed at night, it definitely gives me good dreams, and I hear the ping. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you like you see women with batting averages in like the 350, and like with 12 homers, and and girls who are like the ace of their staff as uh, as a pitcher, and the earned run average is like 2.5. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you're you're seeing five to four games again, and it's no longer one nothing, and the game was decided in the 17th inning. By a, a wild, <laughs> a, bond, a wild pitch, and some girl who's a slapper. Okay, because trust the, me, whenever the 17th he, a, a woman decides something who's a slapper, usually ends up in divorce.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh goodness, very well described. All right, and real quick for our uh, listeners in the don't forget not just the United States and not just in North America, but our show emanating out to the other six continents out there. What, who and or what is a 16-inch softball?
1: No, uh, a 16-inch softball basically is four inches bigger than a regular softball, and you, you don't pitch it fast, but you pitch it with a nice arc on it, mm-hmm. and uh, basically you, you don't wear a glove. And the ball is a lot harder than a mush ball. Now, if if you have, like, uh, you know, like our buddy Brian Bauer hitting it, like, 15 times, it might turn to mush a little bit. But <laughs> those things are pretty hard, Coach, and it, it, they're, they're harder than a football. Is the best. Like, if I threw a football as hard as I could, and if I threw a 16 a inch softball as hard as I could, you would mm-hmm. rather catch the football. Than the softball. I, I, I know that for a fact because you're afraid of the ball. So
2: uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, big Doe. long time first baseman in 16 inch softball. So oh, I, uh, really, Coach? I came up, uh, up close and personal with the experience of how hard. And we always had a shortstop in third baseman early in the game when the ball was real hard. Uh-huh. If they picked up an easy ground or easy out, they would like to throw it as hard as they could at me just to, um, you know, just, just to see me in physical pain. So I know all too well what you're talking about.
1: That's, uh, yeah, everybody, you know, I just, please don't tell anybody this, Coach. But, yeah, I've, I've been playing in softball, you know, the I, mean, I got pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've convinced everybody that I should lead off because I always, like, hit a really weak ground ball to the left side on the first at-bat, and then I, I fly through. But really, to be honest with you, uh, all I really want to do is be the first guy to be able to hit the ball while it's yes. so hard.
2: yeah. I used to be our team captain, and we would do a coin flip, and if we won, I would choose visitors first. Just so that we could hit, my teammates get all mad. But I mean, what do you know? We should be the home team. I'm like, no, nah, I'm playing first base. I want that ball softened up. We're hitting first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not crazy. No, you know what? There's something to be said about that. I'm, I'm not kidding. If you get the when you're like the third or fourth hitter in the lineup, yep. and and you got runners on base and, and in the first inning,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know you can. Really whack that thing in the in the first inning. It's a
2: great game, and a lot of people, you know, listen to the description. Probably think oh, it as like beach ball. It's you know for old men playing the game. No, in Chicago area, some of the maybe not as much now as in the past, but it was some of the best athletes. Some of your best uh, twenty to thirty to forty year old athletes who play sixteen inch softball. You can watch two and a half hours of baseball, and you won't see a tenth of the action that you will see in a one-hour 16 in softball game. When I say action, I'm talking about hitting and running and throwing the bases and sliding and fielding and all that good stuff. A lot more plays, a lot more athleticism in softball than there is in
1: baseball. Well, I, I don't know about the whole athleticism thing, Coach, but I, I would have to say it's equal. I would definitely um, not say a lot more athleticism in softball than baseball. I would,
2: uh, I'm going to disagree. I would say a lot more athleticism uh, with the exception with the exception of the eye-hand coordination to hit a baseball.
0: Chasing after
2: after a 16-inch softball in the gap with no mitt and making a catch, is that any better than uh, chasing down a fly ball in the gap in a base just because the ball is smaller and you make a catch with your mitt? I would argue the 16-inch player more athletic.
1: Oh, no, no. The the 16-inch play is definitely tougher. Without question, it's tougher.
2: So where is baseball more athletic outside of the unbelievable high eye-hand coordination to well, hit a ninety mile an hour well, baseball?
1: Said, you said significantly more, and I was just like, no, oh, it's, it's okay. not. Is all I was I was you I, I do agree that I mean, legitimately, if you have to field a ground ball and then throw it to, to first base in softball, it's pretty difficult because those base paths are a lot a lot shorter. Yep. You know, it's it's a tough play. It really is a tough play. Mm-hmm. And if you get a screaming rocket line drive hit at you as a third baseman, you think if you think that uh baseball has a hot corner, try to do that without a glove and a <laughs> cuff on because nobody wears a yep. freaking cuff in softball games. Yep. It'd be embarrassing. Yep.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, third base is definitely not outside of first base. That's not the spot you want to be. We before we go to the baseball real quick, we have to mention our. Uh, Previous radio show we were part of. I did not play on this team. I wish I would have had the time. Uh, I was not able to. Joel, you did, but that might have been one of the worst softball teams ever assembled. I think we were all for career, were we not?
1: No, I, I can't even. I can't even explain it, Coach. <laughs> okay, uh, we would legitimately. I, I'm, I'm gonna, We had a couple decent players, but we had so many. We had we had guys that would turn. Home runs in the in the single. I mean, it, we legitimately had a couple 500-pound guys on our team.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Mark Pinsky was our pitcher, and he was just brutal because he would didn't he wouldn't listen to anybody. You know, in uh,
2: yeah, six, 16, As much as I love 16-inch softball as a whole, as a generalization, 16-inch pitchers are really annoying people.
1: I would have to agree with you. I, I would have to agree with you. And no, if anybody made a mistake, he did the Carlos Zambrano and started yelling at people. Yeah, you know, know, they're
2: mostly frustrated ex-athletes who didn't make their high school baseball team, who spend a lot of time uh, pitching, and practicing their high arc pitch when, uh, quite frankly, nobody really cares.
1: (laughs) Right? Uh, We we had maybe the worst team ever of all time. Uh, Some of (laughs) my best quotes from from our old show was making fun of that team. It was like like when Brian Bauer would show up, he would hit right after me, and we would always score some runs on those days. And if he wasn't mm-hmm. there, it was just like, oh no! I mean, I mean, how bad are we gonna lose Because like when he was there, I had some hope that we might be able to actually win a game or two.
0: Yeah. And
1: and and I we actually won a couple when Brian was there because I would always get on base and he'd drive me in. It was beautiful. Every single it was just we we just do the wink and We we do the hit and run. It was funny because. You know, like uh, he would knock uh, the, like the, the the what do you call it, the dirt off his shoes, coach, mm-hmm. with the bat. Was, and I knew I would just start running right on the pitch. Okay. And he was going to hit the ball. Uh-huh. And I would score from first on infield ground out, you know, stuff like that. And then we would lose like 25 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> really,
0: you know, we the, did, the as greatest. I
2: recall, there was a, a particular female who played shortstop for our team who. That uh, shortstop. I thought shortstop. Because weren't all you guys fighting to play left field?
1: Oh, I do remember that girl. Yeah. 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 Then I'll we played love. love, play short. No, we, play no, love. We, we were so bad. We were so bad that, uh, like, I, I can't even, uh, legitimately, we had, like, our five, six, seven, eight hitters were all over 400 pounds. And the problem was one of them was five foot one. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, like, some people were like, I remember one guy be like, hey, if you ever want to come over and play with us, you can. I'm like, no, no, no this is too much fun playing on this uh, team. We don't have to goodness. worry about any pressure. No you know hit, I mean?
2: no field, but good size. That was our
1: team. All right. <laughs> like my One of my greatest plays I've ever made, though, ever in all of my history of playing college football or high school baseball, unassisted triple play on that team coach. Wow. I uh, was playing shortstop and there was runners at first and second, and somebody hit a rocket line drive up the middle, and I caught it, and I was able to like legitimately just step on second because I was going in that direction, mm-hmm. and the person from first was running at me, and I, I remember I went by, and we we're our dugout or what our bench was on the first base side. With my left hand, I tagged a guy as I walked. I slammed the ball on the ground and ran and sat down on the bench, wow. and I looked, and everybody on our field was like, what are you doing, Joel? So I'm like, hey, we just got three outs. <laughs> Nobody even knew what had happened, and nobody was like, "Oh, they came back in." And nobody was like, "Hey, wow, well, you had an unassisted triple play." Not one person even mentioned it. Not one person, coach, <laughs> didn't even and so realize. Didn't I'm like, guys, how often do you see an unassisted triple play? They're like, what? Joel's I'm trying like, oh, to celebrate in
2: a glorious moment of his career. One of the most unbelievable plays, so rare in softball, and everybody else on the team has no clue what it would even happen.
1: And, and look, legitimately if it happened and I didn't realize that it happened, I yeah. would have went over like, Heck yeah, I can't want to play your us in an inning. Instead everybody's like, Oh, okay, well we Not- get to hit now, right? Not- yeah, you get the <laughs> you get the ground out to the you know you get the ground out to the shortstop and oh, you know break goodness. a sweat halfway down the first place.
2: Yes, Mr Olson. Oh, I was going to say, I've played on a worse softball team than that. Worse? Worse. Okay. I played in a 16-inch league in Grant Park in downtown Chicago. Pretty competitive, and, usually. Very competitive. And the team was made up of bartenders, waitresses, and bouncers. Sounds like a fun team. Yeah, but the games are played at 8.30 on Sunday mornings. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh,
0: 42 wins, <laughs>
2: Which was like kind of, yeah, kind of... Kind of didn't mix.
0: That falls under
2: the timing is everything category. Exactly, exactly. Because most, most nights, you, know, you close the bar at five, go out for breakfast, and then go straight out to the field. <laughs> Which probably the first two innings you're okay, but the sun starts oh. to beat down by innings five, six, and seven. For yeah, nearby. it was yeah, it was brutal.
1: Yeah, oh, was, i I brutal, uh, Dave. That is without question <laughs> one of the most beautiful places. In all of the world to play yes. softball. a softball with the backdrop of a- downtown Chicago. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, about last about, about last night had like they'd had like their softball scenes all at that park. It's like in between Columbus and Balbo right there. Absolutely, yep. then, yeah, it's town. exactly
2: where we played. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, that's where our that's where our radio leagues were. It said, you know, oh, those those are days that I, I don't want to remember. To be quite honest, with you. Mm-hmm. but like well. playing football, flag football. I, I, I was on a team, uh, Dave, same exact way. All these guys were absolute phenomenal athletes. A bunch of college players. Jack Lamb, who at the time Dave Olson, this is no joke, was the all-time leading passer in the history of college football. Of course, he was a Division III player, but you know he was like five foot six. He was duck footy, but the guy had a cannon for an arm. Well, I was like, we're going to win this league, no problem, because I had won it the previous year. Brought in a couple new players. I didn't realize that Jack Lamb at 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning would be driving up with a bottle of Jack Daniels because he was up all night drinking. Nice. Nice. Let's let's just say we didn't. We're the same team. probably the worst of all time that I've ever been on. I was so frustrated. I used to actually care about if I won recreational sports back then. I, I wasn't growing up yet.
2: Very hard to grab a flag when you see like 12 of them. You to grab the one in the middle. Yeah. How about beach volleyball as long as we're on the Grand Park City of Chicago sporting scene? Have you ever uh, gone the route of some of those competitive or not so competitive beach volleyball
1: leagues? Coach, I'm pretty athletic, but for volleyball is like the one sport that I can't play. For some reason, the ball seems to go 900 feet every time I even come near it. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, I'm not. I can spike the ball, jump and spike it, but other than that, that's the only skill I have in beach volleyball whatsoever. Okay. None. I cannot, what do you call it, dig or so of whatever. The, or of the bump, set
2: and spike, the bump and set, not so good. The spike, you got down pretty good.
1: Well, no, no, no. Bump and set, I wouldn't say not so good. How about horrific? Okay. I, that's, I can't I can't do it mm-hmm. whatsoever. I, I guess what instead of like I shouldn't hit it at all, I should kind of like catch it. You know, like kind of yes. like how you do a bunt. You have to develop the soft
2: touch. That's exactly right, yep.
1: Okay, well, well, too bad I learned that at this particular moment and not while I actually tried to play it. Because one of my buddies was like, dude, you'll be great at it. You can jump and all that. About ten minutes in, he was like, you, you might as <laughs> sit out. We're going to bring the girl in. Okay. <laughs> said, that girl was my grandma. Exactly.
0: So.
2: <laughs> all right. Now that we've covered the uh, Chicago sporting scene, we get sidetracked. Again, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that's kind of part of what we do here. We have a very tough time staying on the program schedule and. Back in the early days, our producer David Olson would get mad at us. Now he just sits back, smokes a cigar, smile on his face. He says, Who cares? Whatever the hell these guys want to do is fine. So, if nothing else, we've trained our producer David Olson, Joel, to roll with the punches.
1: Yeah, well, at least somebody's trained.
2: Thank you. Uh, alright. Quick MLB recap. I want to get to some of the baseball games and then we'll finish with your beloved Cubs because they've won three in a row, alright? Real quick in the American League, Tampa Bay knocked off Cleveland Big Dog 6 to 2 best record in baseball. 28 and 11 David Price has 6 wins. He's the first in the AL to get 6 victories.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got to tell you something that a number one overall pick uh and he was one of those phenoms that you know came up uh in in '08 in when they went to the the World Series. You know, and uh you know he he kind of got hit around last year mm-hmm. and people like, "Oh, maybe he was uh, you know, overrated." You know, I hate when people say this stuff. The guy's 22 years old. When he was 21, he had a tough year, and all of a sudden he was overrated. But you know what? That kid is the real deal. If he stays healthy, Coach, he's going to win 200 games in the major leagues. He's a, about, a phenomenal um, pitcher.
2: Tampa Bay, I think I know the answer to this quickly because I want to move along, but Tampa Bay, the real deal as well?
1: Coach, as long as they're relief pitching, which is which is the only question mark on the team, Remains solid. It doesn't even have to be great or dominant. They remain solid. They have the best starting staff in baseball, period. Okay. And they have the best position players in baseball, period. That's, that's so tip, yes, typically that's a, a good regional. combination. Yes, a very good combination.
2: All right, real quick, other game in the American League of note. I love this one. Boston came back, beat the Yankees seven to six two days ago. The Yankees got a couple of two run homers to uh, beat Johnny Pappelbaum in a dramatic victory. Boston returns the favorite Uh, Big dog yesterday as the rivalry between these two teams continues to heat up. Uh, They scored four in the eighth. The Red Sox did four runs in the eighth over uh, off a Jabba Chamberlain, their setup guy, and then in the ninth inning, a two-run rally against Mariano Rivera. Red Sox six runs last two innings. They turned the table on the Yankees. Sweet revenge.
1: And and the Yankees had a a rally going against John Papelbon. Yep. uh, You know, (laughs) you know, in the in the bottom of the ninth. You know, something I always hear people, like Kevin and the swamp writer, a producer of an old school, always mm-hmm. complain, why are the Yankees and the Red Sox always on television? Have you watched any of these games, every single one of them is a nail-biter down to the wire. If you don't understand why they always have the Yankees and Red Sox games on national television, you don't know much about baseball, because you, and you've never watched one. These games are ridiculously good, always down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that they have the Yankees and Red Sox on, when they're playing the Orioles and and the Blue Jays all the time, that's another issue. But I, I will watch a Yankees Red Sox game when, when and whenever I possibly could. And last night was not one of those nights because the Hawks were on. Them. All
2: right, fair enough. Cardinals beat uh, Houston three to two yesterday. St. Louis has been slumping pools, starting to hit again. Ryan Ludwig got a home run in the eighth inning to break the tie. Cardinals beat Houston three to two. St. Louis, uh, back after a little mini slump. Joel, are,
1: are you sure they beat Houston? Because then the Dodgers beat. Oh, uh, no, you're yesterday.
2: right. You're right. St. Louis. Uh, who'd they beat? Three to two. Ludwig Homer in the eighth. Doesn't matter. St. Louis is back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. How about Pittsburgh over Philadelphia? Interesting game here. The Phillies, who are uh, going to be taking on our beloved Cubs in a three-game series. Looking forward to that. Pittsburgh two to one. Zach Duke outduels Ray. Happy holidays. Good ball game there. And a big win. I would think psychologically for Pitt over their cross-state. Uh, Pennsylvania team, Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I don't know how big a psychological advantage they have because they're not very good. But Roy Holiday with his uh, – Roy Halladay happy holiday, awesome team of the year. I mean, that guy's just a, a machine coach. And Zach Duke was pitching as poorly as anybody in the league besides his teammate Charlie Morton. Going mm-hmm. up against one of the best teams and an ace, and he gets a W. Baseball is crazy like that, Coach. Mm-hmm. You would have thought Zach Duke would have beat Roy Halladay yesterday.
2: By the way, you knocking down the Pittsburgh Pirates. I like the Pirates, and I particularly like uh center fielder Andrew McCutcheon. I became a fan of his as he uh wrapped out about 15 hits in the recent series against the Cubs.
1: Uh, the coach, he has been on my fantasy team for about two days mm-hmm. after he came up in the, in the major leagues. Phenomenal talent. And and you know what I love about him? Yeah. He does all the little things right. Yep. You know, you get all these kids with a bunch of talent, but uh, give me the guys that, like, watch the pitchers, and and when they're on the bases, they check the outfielders to to see where they are before they get their lead. You know, that type of stuff. The guy's an all-around ball player. He's going to make himself a a very, very high-paid Yankee in four years.
2: Mm -hmm. He looks like a a rapper. Is it uh, Snoop Dogg? Is that who he looks like?
1: I, I I'm not sure. Okay. All right. And that's, it, it, not Snoop Dogg. Cause Snoop Dogg has uh, – because he's got more of the dreadlocks, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, and Did Snoop Dogg know? has more like the
2: – Yeah, but if you look at the face and look at the expression, I might get my rappers mixed up. It could be a Snoop Dogg. All right, very quickly, you mentioned the Dodgers, hottest team in baseball, nine wins in a row. They knock off Houston 7-3. to three. Joe Turry has got that the program turned around.
1: Yeah, that team they they've got a lot of talent, and, and it's funny is they've had a couple injuries the last like like week or so, and including as Andre Ethier. And they, ever since like they've had some injuries, and all of a sudden they look like oh oh they start out the Dodgers start out poorly, and now they get injuries, they're done. Ever since that happened, they have started to, to play really really good baseball. Mm-hmm. And they've got a couple really good pitchers. Like, they might the name a Clayton Kershaw and a few others. Uh, they've got an unbelievable closer at the end of the game that you know nobody knows about Jonathan Broxton. So uh, watch out for the Dodgers. That National League West, which is typically yes. a joke, it could be a great over the last like ten. I should say ten years, about eight years.
0: Yep. But
1: the Dodgers are really, really good. Okay. The Giants are obviously really, really good. The Rockies, the, the Rockies, you know, by the end of this year, somehow they'll figure out a way to, to be in the playoff race like they they always tend to be. Mm-hmm. And the Padres, you know, the, the smallest payroll in the National League, just less than the, the Florida Marlins. And, you know, going in like a couple of days ago, they had the best record in the National mm-hmm. League. They don't anymore because it's been back and forth over there. That's a really... Really good division, Coach. Yeah,
2: we should mention Andre Ethier, too. The Dodgers right now, your NL MVP,
1: 390 batting average,
2: 38 RBS, 11 home runs. He does have an injured pinky, big dog. I don't know how significant the pinky is. I would think uh, the other nine digits could probably step in and uh, offset the broken pinky.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's his right pinky, and he's a left-handed swinger. So Uh-oh. that's like, you know, that's, that's I, a problem. I guess he, got, he got hit in batting practice. Seriously, that pitcher, the, the batting practice pitcher, better watch out because the Dodger fans will stab you in the parking lot <laughs> as we find out. You know that's you don't want to mess with an upset Dodger fan. So.
2: All right, very quickly, our Cubbies three wins in a row, knocked off Colorado six to two, and um, he's not the biggest story of the year this year, but Carlos Silva is at least becoming a big story in Chicago baseball. What a pickup, big dog pitches six strong yesterday, and the uh, Cubs when he's five and zero on the season.
1: Okay, the Cubs have played forty games which yep. is the quarter mark, and he's 5-0. and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I know it's only a quarter way into the year. And if I'm going to bash Aramis Ramirez, for, uh, Aramis Ramirez when they were a quarter way in, saying, you know, you're on pace for, you know, like 65 RBIs, Carlos Silva's on pace for 20 wins. I, I doubt he's going to get there, Coach. But it's just a phenomenal story in so many different, uh, you know, they, they gave up uh, Parker Brothers for him. This guy was left for dead, you know. But you know he's a sinkerball pitcher, <laughs> Parker in, Brothers, in, uh, in a sinkerball pitching type park, uh-huh. which is Wrigley Field. And he seems to really care how he performs. And that, that might sound stupid, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I like players that wear it on their sleeves, that want to do the right thing, that want to do uh, th- to play well for their teammates. And, and Carlos Silva definitely has that code.
2: Beautiful, Big Dog. You have that as well. Uh, you wear it on your sleeve on this show each and every day. That's why I am. Our listening audience, which includes Cinemax Cindy, that's why we enjoy you so much.
1: Well, I, By the way, I, I enjoy being here, folks.
2: I have a bad feeling that your favorite uh, favorite emailer, Cinemax Cindy, I got a bad feeling it's like some guy named Earl with a lot of back hair sitting in the back writing emails.
0: Well,
1: something tells me I'll be able to out one right. Earl <laughs> if I ever do get stalked. All
2: right, Dave's giving me the rodeo sign. We got to get out of here. Thanks for listening, Big Dog. We'll talk soon. Ten o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic.